All right, hey guys, welcome back. Another edition of uh, Valuable Coaching uh, Volleyball with um, Coach Richard Gary. Uh, today, we start off asking him about his coaching philosophy and coaching style. So let's go ahead and get right into it. You know, it's, it, it, we do one-on-one -on -one meetings with every player, uh, and I'm a very chatty guy. And because of that, I've had to really work to discipline myself about how we want to train to uh, not play to my weaknesses. So everything within our trainings is designed around really efficient use of, use of our time. Uh, we, we kind of have a teaching model that when we're beginning our, our practices, there's uh, we start with, you know, you know, some visualization, we start with some goal setting, and then move into, you know, warm up, kind of some, some, uh, you know, controlled work, and, and then our, you know, blocked tutoring work is always broken into really short segments, we actually don't allow them to get too comfortable in any aspect of our block training. So when we're doing a blocking thing, they, they generally know what it is. Uh, Kevin, Kevin uh, mentioned in the last one that he hated, uh, he hated boredom of the repetition. But one of the things that really works for us with repeating a lot of what we do is there's a flow, there's an opportunity to really focus on getting, getting better at that thing um, instead of trying to figure out what the thing is. So we don't vary uh, that beginning tutoring so much. We vary, you know, what keys we'll be focusing on or what, what uh, intensity or how we might score it. But in general, we will use a handful of, of drills almost the entire season. And we just break through it really focused, really intent. Uh, the water breaks are all timed. Everything for us is about how efficiently can we get them in, get them, get them working hard, get them improving through the structure of the drill rather than the talk. So if I've done it right, we've designed something that takes less than 30 seconds to set up and less than 10 seconds of any stoppage at any point during it. And the most that we would stop for it is to say, hey, are we achieving what we're trying to accomplish, you know, or we'll pull somebody out um, to make sure we give a specific instruction if we need it. I, I love that answer. I think that the great ones adapt and you clearly have, and I think it tailors to your university and your student athlete, which I think great coaches do. It's like, I'm not gonna lie, when I started coaching at the Bishops, I coached them differently than when I was at the community college. Um, and those are different type of institutions and there's nothing wrong with it. And when I'm hearing you, I'm like, that would probably be very tailored to a Vassar student, like efficient <laughs> to the point. And I love that. And I respect it because I do know that you and I, we both are chatty, you know, but <laughs> that's how I do it at Bishops too. I time it. I time water breaks. It's good stuff. I, uh, one of my favorite things about you is, you know, we've been at uh, numerous camps, you know, with like uh, Coach Nikki at McKendry, John Hawks, Brad Keller. And I, I remember Brad Keller, I think it was the ultimate compliment he just talked about. And I think for you viewers out there, this is the type of coach that like, if you honestly emailed him a volleyball question, if it was in, within NCAA rules, he would get back to you. Like he really, really appreciates and loves growing volleyball. And I remember Brad was highlighting that at the lunch table and I, I always ask you every year, and sometimes you give me something that I really at first go, oh, I don't know. And then I go study it. And then I find myself in the gym like, yeah, we're doing exactly what Coach Gary is doing at his program. What's the latest and greatest thing you're doing tactically against a different team, maybe in a scouting report or a nugget of wisdom that you can give me, Miles, and the viewers? Because you always got something, it seems like. You know, you know. 
tactics are difficult to me because we're always trying to evaluate what we have in the gym. And uh, I, I do 100% adhere to that kind of adage, you know, you can't do tactically what you, what you can't accomplish technically. So, you know, we're always trying to figure out where we, where we build those technical proficiencies and how long you indulge something. You know, there are teams that say, oh, we, we built the BIC and it took us two years. And I'm always boggled by that because for us, if something's not working, when do you, when do you pull the plug on it? When do you yeah. say the slide isn't going to be effective uh, because we tried running it for three weeks and nobody was really getting the kills out of it? You know, maybe that's because we're, we needed to give it four weeks. Maybe we just didn't quite get over that threshold where the numbers turned for us. And I think with, with the back row attacking, with different combinations, with different tempos, you know, sometimes the pain of... Uh, watching your numbers drop uh, because you're trying to implement something new is just too much, you know, and for us, the season's fast. It feels like it comes up like, uh, like uh, you, in a blink of an eye. And so the teams that we've seen that improve throughout the season are, have a really clear driven sense of this is what we want to accomplish. And we're going to accomplish it no matter, no matter what setbacks we have in the beginning. And so Springfield and New Paltz, who are two of the winningest teams, they both have a really clear team philosophy. Springfield is about speed and their defensive strategy is completely different from how it was being taught in my day. They've got kind of three players that are basically crashing like soccer goalkeepers with their hands out, trying to get in front of everything very close to the net, you know, 12 feet, 13 feet defense positions. And uh, that's a very different strategy. It's not even a middle middle. It's sharper than that. But it's been really highly effective for them as far as pick, making more pickups. Their, their strategy uh, of doing that and then speed and transition is uh, unbelievable. Watching somebody try to run a tempo go from 25 feet off the net is it, it must have crashed for them a million times in practice, but somehow when they get to us, it was ready <laughs> and, and it worked and it somehow caught our blockers off guard. Um, so being, being able to indulge some of the pain in order to get to growth is, is pretty big. And then for us, we, we're kind of blown away. Like as a coaching staff, we're really spending a lot of time right now on the difference between coaching cues and uh, coaching questions. Uh, and the idea of use, we're almost abandoning the concept of cues as a, as a teaching strategy. We're really trying to focus everything on questions that get at the cues without giving a specific answer. And the reason why we're just hearing in feedback from our players, you know, it's something we all take for granted that seems so simple, bow and arrow or left, right, left. And 30% of players are actually misinterpreting that and don't have an understanding of what's being said there. And so the imperfection of language and how ineffective it can be in teaching something to somebody, you say bow and arrow and one person drops their elbow all the way down. Another person's never seen a bow and arrow. <laughs> you know? and, yeah. and, and so, you know, the language that we're choosing isn't always as effective. So then we've got to figure out and craft questions that get them to a, an answer implicitly instead of explicitly telling them. Yeah. So that's been our, our big kick right now where we're breaking down our language and really trying to go into the gym with very few cues and very many questions. Cool. Yeah. I, I like, uh, I like that idea of knowing that you're going to struggle a little bit at the start of a season. I, I I've seen that, especially with, uh, 
younger athletes that I've worked with recently, you know, they, they want to win right away and they want to see, you know, they want to see the hard work that they put in instantly turn into success. And, um, you know, when they've been able to push through those times and get over the hump and then all of a sudden they see it take off, um, it seems much more rewarding and they're that much better off for it. So, um, that's hard with a bunch of a students, you know, yeah. they don't want to get a B, uh, you know, and that's, and that's what we run into a lot is they feel like they've failed. So, you know, yeah. I, I like, you know, Kevin Hambly talks a lot about racing to failure, you know, and I, I love that idea. And so we, we try to incorporate those concepts of failing every day. It's on the whiteboard. It's, it's in our communication. You know, how did you fail? We do a one up, one down at the end of practice. We walk around while they're cool down stretching and we just ask them for something. We ask them as coaches for some feedback for us. We don't give them, we don't volunteer negative to them. We ask them for feedback from us. And then the goal and about 30% of the team does it so far is like, they'll, they'll then ask uh, us for a one up, one down for them. And so then well, we're able to give them something. I, I love that you just, I mean, you really made me think, because at the end of the day, I, I coach at a program that's similar than you. It's the type of same kid. It's just at a high school level. At the end of the day, take someone like for me, they went to Pacific, which I think I'm an emotionally intelligent guy, but I'm, I'm not like a Bass or Stanford intelligent. I'm okay with that. You know, I got my strengths <laughs> and uh, it's a copycat league. Like I've been mentored i feel by great people like dan fisher jeff hall john cook joe whatever you know that's great and i feel as an educator it's like just do what they say their geniuses just do and it's it's worked mm-hmm. but then i find myself and i'm like exactly said like i can't tell you how many times i've said bow and arrow in the last 15 years of coaching or how many times i've said like uh keep your hand in the cookie jar when you you know hit the ball or you know or for a girl you go show the bling and it's I think cues are good in a, a lot of ways, but it's like, it just made me think like, should we be teaching the same thing for the last 20 years when you've probably studied it with some of the most intellectual student athletes and they're telling you like, let's do it through questions. And that's why I'm telling you viewers, talk to this man, like talk to this <laughs> coach and pick his brain because it, it it is funny out of all the coaches I've talked, and I've talked to great coaches, but I get a lot out of talking to you. And then I go back and like, truly like think about what you said and go like, huh. and then I, I have the luxury where I can kind of try it at the club and high school level where it's not nationally like looked at. And I hate to say it. If I fail, it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's a high school volleyball, not to knock high school volleyball, but I'm not, you know, it's not well, it's, level you're doing it, you know, you know, program building in high school is very different because you're always losing. You don't have a lot of control of recruitment. You don't have a lot of control of who's going to walk in the gym. You can obviously do some, some work. PE teachers are always trying to, you know, get the tall kids away from basketball and into the volleyball gym. But to some degree, what you get is where you're going to go is, is, you know, your destiny to some degree. So now you're trying to play with, can we make them 10% better instead of 5% better? And what we're just trying to figure out exactly that is, you know, our, our fundamental belief is that your body will self-organize if it's motivated and, and wants to solve a problem and has a clear problem to solve. So when we're talking about, you know, it's kind of the difference between, you know, you tell a middle to take a big step 
versus put a pad out and have them jumping over the pad. They, they kind of learn how to organize their body in, in those situations by, by jumping over the pad instead of having somebody actually tell them something. And how many times are we telling them things and they're not doing it? And it, it might be about comprehension. It might be about language. It might be about how their body interprets what we're trying to tell them. You know, so we're trying to find ways around that and ways that maybe the information we're giving them can be stickier and can hold on for longer. There's some really mind boggling research, though, that shows that some of the work that you can do that feels really good on day one of practice by day 20 has not developed them as much as the work that feels pretty bad every day. And it's just about how if uh, if you've you know, really feel like you grasp something and you've done something in a really confined, fixed way that the struggle, the lack of struggle keeps it from getting into your retention, into your long-term training. And so you could do something and feel great for 20 days straight. And I'll do something that feels very uncomfortable for 20 days straight. And I think my players will be marginally better. Um, so that's what we're trying to figure out. No, no shortcuts. Don't let them feel good it kind of stinks because you really want your players to feel good. So they have to buy in. And that's yeah. been what our one-on-one -on -one meetings are all about is really talking to them about it. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, I think, again, I, I look at it sometimes as a scope, like younger, like younger athletes, maybe middle school, or even my boys are in elementary school. Um, and yeah, too often coaches, I think are just trying to make it fun. And, and I mean, we want it to be fun, but, there are times where it's like, you got to give them a little bit of a challenge and, you know, they, in the moment they might not like it, but when they go to that next game and they, they do it and it works, um, they're going to be so much happier and so much better off. Um, so I, I, I think that's a great you know way to look at it. And it's, it's great that you're exploring it and trying to figure out what's going to work best. So no one wants yeah. to play chess with a 10 year old. Because you're going to win every time. That's not the point. You want to oh, be challenged. I, you're going to get better at chess playing against someone better. You know, uh, my, my two play chess. chess. They beat me all the time. So <laughs> mine were in chess club. I'm terrible. I'm definitely the worst. Well, maybe chess they'll go to so. Vassar. <laughs> yeah, they, they may have a. They may have that. I uh, they got for my wife. So I think you're one of the best too. I mean, I in the men's volleyball world, I study it pretty closely, but you always seem to be seeking professional advice and going to prevent. I, whenever I'm calling you, you're like, oh, I'm going to go to coach Knipe's practice today, or I'm going to go hang out with John's bra for a week. I'm like, that's pretty cool. You know, like, <laughs> um, and you're always doing that and you're getting your university behind you on it and your president and your AD and that's cool. What is for the viewers that are maybe young coaches or getting in the game, what is some of the best professional development you've gone to in the last three years that really helped you? I have a simple rule. If you kick my butt, I'm adopting you as a, as a foster parent. And that has been for, from my very first day, my very first matches, we got beat by Stevens tech. I called up the coach and said, I'm coming to your camp. I don't care if you pay me. I want to work with you. I want to pick your brain. And uh, then, you know, Clarkson, same thing. Every school that has beaten us, I am trying to pick their brain. Uh, Sullivan at Springfield is really good at turning that around. And somehow I end up telling him more of what I'm doing than he, <laughs> than, than he's telling me of what he's doing, but uh, I've still gotten some great nuggets out of them. Uh, I just believe in trying to find those people who are doing it the way that you want to do it or doing it better and, and find ways that of adapting their model to fit your, your coaching. You know, obviously you can't take, 
I can't go into the national team gym and take what Spira does and, and bring it into our gym. But there's little pieces here and there that apply. There's practices, there's communication styles, um, you know, and there's conversations to be had. I mean, the, the beauty for me is, you know, I have four uh, assist or I have four coaches in our staff and one of my assistants isn't in practice. She was a uh, head coach for the team for five years and has assistant coached the team for 15 years and then had a five-year gap. And I brought her in just to be my conversation person, just to, she watches practice video. She's got a job that doesn't allow her to be at practice live. So everything for her is about being a complete outside observer saying, well, what about this? Why are you doing that? What's going on here? And, and just bugging me and, and making me question my assumptions. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's a fantastic resource. Yeah, that's, that's really smart. And um, I know that's one thing I'm always trying to tell my students, student athletes is, you know, it may not work exactly for you the way that yeah, John Spraw does it at, at his practices, but there's certainly things you can pull from. And that, that's one thing I'm always trying to do. And I'm trying to pass it along is that again, not every self-help book you read or every person you listen to, every podcast you listen to, you're going to be able to instantly take that information and use it, but you can take little nuggets and make them work for you so that you can improve and your team can improve. So um, that's, that's awesome. This has been, this has been really good. Yeah. I really appreciate you, coach. I mean, I've already learned a lot from you over these years when we worked at camps and I, you know, I, I, I'm pulling for you and uh, thank you so much. And I really do appreciate you're right. Like, uh, you know, naturally we went to our Pacific tigers who have had a wealth of knowledge and (laughs) experience at this game of volleyball, but it's cool to pull from the East coast and um, a place like Vassar. And we appreciate that you got on. I know, you know, it's, it's midnight your time and you're, you're grinding and you're talking. About I'm going to use that to explain any answer that I gave. That was a little weird. So, <laughs> well, thank uh, you so I'm, much. I'm, I'm excited for what you guys are doing, and I want to keep introducing you to. The, I know a dozen coaches who who would love to give some feedback. They're all coaches that I want to steal stuff from. So I'd love for them to get interviewed by. <laughs> you. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, all right. To me, that's that's my favorite thing. I, I learn even in talking in these. I learn how to articulate. I, I think you told me, you know, do you want some answers or questions so that we can tell you what we're going to ask? And I was like, no, I'm not going to pre-think my answers. I'm going to discover as we go and see if I learn something in it, you know, and if I learn how to articulate some, some element of what we're trying to do a little bit better, because it's just, it's a constant process to try to get better. So it's, I really appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to do that. Love it. Of course. Yeah. We'll definitely be in touch and we'd love to get some more contacts and love to talk to you again more about maybe first point and some of the other ways that, that men's volleyball is growing. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. Um, so anything, anything that I can do for, for you guys, uh, please, please don't hesitate. All awesome. right. Thanks. Well, thank you so much. Hey, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks a lot. Hey, so that was a, a great interview. You know, I, I feel like I say this uh, every week. We've been very uh, blessed so far to have some great coaches on here. But Coach Richard Gary really brought up some great stuff there, especially toward the end. Um, you know, he's – I appreciate him thanking us for what we're doing. But, w- you know, we're trying to grow. Just like he said, he's trying to grow and continue to, to find new ways to do things. And so um, we want to continue that. And we definitely want to keep finding coaches that we can talk to and – we got some good new new stuff coming up next week, and so we look forward to, to bringing that to you. But anyways, another big thank you to, to Coach Gary, 
And uh, a good luck to, to Vassar whenever they can get the chance to get back on the court. But look forward to, to hearing great things from, from their program when they start playing again. Um, again, you can guys can uh, listen to us on Spotify as well as uh, watch us on YouTube. And follow our Instagram at Valuable Coaching. And we're also on Facebook at Valuable Coaching. So anyways, check us out. And thank you guys so much for, for listening. Hey, if you're looking for some great clothing, new logo, uh, you need a great combination Go to onestoneapparel.com, onestoneapparel.com. They made us this awesome logo that fit better onto a great polo shirt, hoodie, and they got all kinds of different uh, materials that you can choose from. So again, check them out, onestoneapparel.com. Email Dave at onestoneapparel.com. Let them know Valuable Coaching sent you. Hey, guys. Uh, if you're looking for a cool new volleyball out there, check out Holo Gear. It's holographic balls and they got also holographic clothing it's really cool um, if you take a look here you can see you know looks black and then it kind of glows in the dark very awesome gear check them out use our coupon code valuable coach in that's valuable coach in and get 15% off